Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 268 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Kelly Welker. Kelly lives in St. George, Utah. And she works as a health coach, specifically helping women over 40 with weight loss and also preventing chronic illness. Welcome, Kelly. Hi. It's nice to be here. It's really nice to have you today. So, you know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, I'll say I first learned about intermittent fasting in 2017. And that is when I started practicing it. But what brought me to it was, I say a lifetime, but 
I was not overweight as a child or a teenager, but just after I started having children, I gained a lot of weight, 50 pounds with my first pregnancy, 60 with the next. I gained a lot of weight with each pregnancy and had a hard time getting all of it back off. And after two children, I wanted to have more. We wanted to have more and couldn't get pregnant and ended up going to the university and getting some like a professional opinion there. And I was diagnosed with PCOS. Uh, I wondered if that was was where you were going with that because yeah, PCOS is known to cause or be connected with infertility for lots of women. Mm -hmm. And it's connected with weight gain, high insulin levels, all that stuff. So yes, yeah. But so it just all of a sudden happened after you started having kids. Yeah. You know, each child took a little longer and I, Mm -hmm. I did use Clomid for my second and third. And anyway, the doctor there, she didn't really do any tests. She just looked at my weight history and where I was carrying my weight, which was around my stomach. Right. And she said, oh, you have PCOS. And so at that time, I don't know if they knew, but nobody ever told me that it had to do with insulin resistance. Right. So what year was that? When when was that around? That would have been in, let's see, 1988. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't know if people were really throwing around the terms insulin resistance back then, were they? Yeah. Probably not. I don't remember hearing anything about it mm-hmm. back then. And I was a nurse, too. Oh, wow. So I had never learned anything about insulin resistance. So I was able to get pregnant with twins. And interestingly enough, that pregnancy, I didn't gain as much weight. So did they tell you to do anything about the PCOS or she's just like, oh, you've got it. That's all I know. That's uh, that's all we know. We're going to give you these fertility drugs. Okay. And, you know, nothing to address the PCOS itself, just right. the infertility portion. Okay. I continued to put on weight. I was never happy with the way that I looked, and it consumed me all the time. I, I get was that. always thinking about it. Yeah. It really is true. And anyone who's not ever struggled with that just can't probably get it. But yeah. when you're overweight, were you ever in the obese category? I don't think so. I got up yeah. to 175 at my highest. So okay, I don't. You know. feel it all the time, like everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everything you're doing. I, it just never leaves yeah. your mind, right? It never left my mind, and I was either always on a diet or I was off a diet. Mm-hmm. And when I was on, I was constantly tracking, measuring, doing whatever parameters the diet laid out. And if I was off, I was eating all the things all the time and feeling a lot of guilt and shame. Yeah. So there was no happy medium. It was one or the other all the time and it never left my mind. So I was always looking for the next best thing. And in 2016 and 17, I had come across the whole 30 Right. And so I did a whole 30 in 2016, and then I did another one in 2017. And both of those times, I noticed in their, like their rules, that you shouldn't do a whole 30 with any other type of diet. 
and they listed right. out some things and intermittent fasting was listed. I know, which is just one of those things that makes me so sad. So sad. Yeah, I know, because it's not a diet, right? No, and it shows a real lack of understanding of what intermittent fasting is and isn't (laughs) to me. That's really what that shows. Exactly. Now that I know what it is, I agree. But it piqued my interest. I was like, well, what is intermittent fasting? And so I started looking into that and doing some research. And I thought, I'm going to search for a podcast. Oh my God, this just made my day. Like, yeah. Seriously, the fact that she said, I learned about intermittent fasting because Whole30 said, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Whole30. All right, you can keep that in there. Right, right, yes. Actually, I can credit uh, them for steering me towards That's the it. first. Well, no, I yeah. really wish they would say that it was okay. I mean, I wish they would recognize it. So I really yeah. was only joking when I said that, but it actually does make me happy that that's what brought you to and, intermittent and it's fasting. And it's been a few years now, so right. maybe they've changed. I don't think I, so. I don't, I don't think they've changed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but so you started looking for podcasts. I started looking for a podcast and yours was not out yet. This is, yeah, in 2016, we started Intermittent Fasting Podcast in 2017. Okay. So this was early. It was, might've been just a couple months before yours started okay. because I came across one podcast and it was the weirdest thing. I don't even know who it was. I've never (laughs) seen or heard of him ever since, but it was the weirdest thing. But I thought, okay, what he was explaining made some sense to me. And so I didn't start it because he didn't give any, I didn't know how to do it, but I kept looking and not very long after yours popped up. And so I have listened to your podcast your intermittent fasting podcast from day one. With Melanie? Like, uh-huh, with yep. Melanie. Yeah. Yeah, that was May of 2017. That I think okay. it was like the very yeah. first weekend in May is okay. when that first episode came out. Yeah. Well, knowing me, I probably did the whole 30 in January. Right. That, well, <laughs> that makes sense. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, I do look at the ratings in Amazon to see how Fast Feast Repeat is doing, and I'll look at that. And and I like to see what else is trending in the weight loss uh-huh. category just to see. And every January, whole 30 pops back up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then it like yep. trickles down. Trickles and down. it's funny, like yep. you can always tell when an author's like been on a podcast or had publicity because uh-huh. something that hadn't been up there for a while, well, just boop, there it is. Then it goes away. But yeah, <laughs> fast feast repeat is sticking around, which is exciting. And the obesity yes. code is also always there, mm-hmm. which is exciting to yes. see that those are sticking. Yes. Your podcast led me to your book, Delay, Don't Deny, and then also the obesity code, right. which I read as well. And I was just sold. I remember telling my husband about it and just being so excited and like, this is going to be the thing. Of course, he had heard me say that about other things. Oh, yeah. I remember (laughs) that day so vividly telling him because it turned out to be the thing. It was the thing. Yeah. I love that. That, We felt like that for so many things. I remember I'm like, we're going to do the blood type diet. It's the thing. We're going to eat low carb. It's going to be the thing. But you're right. Intermittent fasting really was the thing. Really was the thing. And the beauty about it is that it's not anything that you have to really work hard at. Right. It's it's the thing that works that is easy. Mm -hmm. So... It's and it can work with any any lifestyle and any way of eating, any, mm-hmm. you know, and that doesn't mean that you just start one day and going to lose all your weight effortlessly and mm-hmm. boom, 
you may have to tweak it. You may have to do some tweaking of what you're eating and when you're eating it, all of those parameters, but it can give you the health and benefits that you're looking for. Yes. I found that to be true for sure. I started out eating everything. I took your advice to heart. I didn't change anything about the way I was eating. When you said delay, don't deny, I took that to heart. I didn't deny anything. And I found over time that worked up to a point. And then over time, my taste changed and I did change the way I was eating as well. Yeah, we hear that so many times. And it's it's so funny in the community. Like every week someone comes in and they're like, well, I heard everybody say it on the podcast and I (laughs) did not believe it would happen to me. And then it did. (laughs) Everybody who's listening, especially since, gosh, your episode will be coming out right before the new year. So expect the people, Christmas will have just happened. And so everybody (laughs) will be hearing this. Uh (laughs) And, you know, yes, it will. Your tastes will change eventually. Maybe not right away, but it will happen. So so you were just eating what felt good. Yeah. I still ate lots of sweets Mm -hmm. and lots of processed food and fast food, but I did it within a window. I jumped right to a 24 schedule and did it within that window and started losing weight fairly quickly. It wasn't fast. Do you remember what you weighed when you started intermittent fasting or like the range? At my highest, I was 175. And I had just prior to intermittent fasting been doing like the whole 30. I had been tracking calories and using my fitness pal. And I had gotten down to about 165. Okay. But it felt tentative. You know how you lose weight, but you you know that you can't keep up whatever it is you're doing. Right. And right. so I was on this precipice at 165. So you were like clinging to 165, uh-huh. yeah, but it, it didn't feel clean. like you were really there. I right. Right. Okay. So you started intermittent fasting and you, you pretty quickly went to 24 or did you just bam, mm-hmm. start there? Just started there. Okay. Yeah. I just started there. I I was just ready. So So everybody who's listening, you don't have to start there. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you know, there's probably a lot of new people, like I said, since we're about at the beginning of the year and the new diet mentality starting in. So intermittent fasting is not a diet, everybody who's listening. You don't have to start with 24. And I recommend you go straight to fast, feast, repeat and the 28-day fast start. And you can start aggressively with the rip the band-aid off approach, but you can also start slower and ease your way in. But you don't have to wait till January 1st. That's right. You, you can, can start, start today. Today. <laughs> yep. Start today. I have a friend who started on Christmas Day. Yeah. She just said, I'm going to have an eating window today on Christmas Day. It was Michelle Singletary. I interviewed her for this podcast. And that was her day one. So whoever's listening, you don't have to wait till New Year's Day to do it. Start today. Just have an eating window and then do yeah. it again tomorrow. Yeah. So the right. weight did not like fly right off. You were not down to your goal by like one month later. No. <laughs> right. It took a few months and I went from 165 to 150 and I kind of, Stayed there for a while. I made a few lifestyle changes. I kept my my fasting consistent mm-hmm. and started learning more about all the parts of good health and made some lifestyle changes, getting more sleep, you know, that kind of thing, those simple things. 
And then I, over some time, went down to 140. And then I was at 140 for quite a while, probably a year. Then I decided I'm going to add in some ADFs, Mm -hmm. which I did. Alternate daily fasting for anybody who's mm -hmm. new to that lingo. Mm -hmm. And so, and it wasn't consistent Mm -hmm. alternate daily fasting. Like you were not doing like fasting, feasting, fasting, feasting. You were not, you were just throwing in down days followed by up days. Right, right. And maybe two to three a week. Okay. More often two. So then over time, I was able to get down to 130, which I have not seen. I'm 5'4". Okay. And you had not seen 130? I have not seen 130 since college. Wow. And, you know, high school, I was probably 125. You know, maybe that's my ultimate landing spot. I don't know. But I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And let your body decide, right? Yeah. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I love that it just happened slowly and you didn't really worry about it. You threw in some down days when it felt right. You did two some weeks, three some other weeks, but you didn't feel like you had to force it. Mm-hmm. That's the the most important thing. Just today in the community, someone said something about being desperate to lose 15 more pounds. Mm-hmm. And and I don't don't you get that feeling? Do you understand yes. it? Like yes. I, I do too. Oh, I felt that. Yeah. I've felt that too. But for mm-hmm. anybody who's listening, take the desperation out of it with intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Approach it with curiosity and wonder what my body will do. Because, you know, you can't really force anything, even with fasting. You can't force your body. You know, like you mentioned, when you got down to 165 and you were clinging to it through that other way and you knew it wasn't going to be maintainable 
Mm-hmm. With intermittent fasting, if you relax into the process and let it happen, where you end up will be maintainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like where I am right now, I can maintain that forever. Yeah, and that's without, what we want. Without effort. It's just a natural, it's just who I am now. I love that. You know, one of the most powerful phrases that I I think that we repeat in our community is fast, clean, and release expectations. Meaning, you know, when I started, I had a goal weight in mind. You probably did too. Mm -hmm. And I actually surpassed it over time. But the goal weight is not something that I like forced myself to and said, here I am now I'm there. It was, you know, my body decided very much what, where the goal would be and where my body would maintain. We can't control our bodies as much as we think we can. Yeah. Right. They're in charge and they want to do what's best for us. Body is boss, right? (laughs) You know, even when we were dealing with insulin resistance, that was our body trying to respond to the bad input we were putting in. You know, and I've heard people say things like, you know, my body hates me. Yeah, yeah. And that could not be farther from the truth. Right. Or my body's different than everyone else's. It's broken. Right. It's it's working against me. Mm -hmm. Your body is not working against you. It's not broken. And it's not, you know, beyond repair. If you learn to work with your body, amazing things could happen. So when did you get to that 130? How long would you say that it took you? I would say that it took me... Let's see, from 17 to 18 to get to 140, so probably a year. And then my husband and I, we retired. I had been working as a registered nurse for a lot of years. And then we both retired. We wanted to serve a mission for our church, and we were assigned to Japan. Oh, and which was really fun. My husband had been there as a young man and we went back together as a couple and it was amazing. But I continued fasting, but I didn't continue doing the tweaking with the diet because Japanese food is amazing. A lot better. And there were lots of opportunities to try different things. And so I just didn't worry about it. And I probably stayed between 135 and 140 for two years just because okay. I, I wasn't concentrating on anything, but I did maintain the fast. And then it was after we got home from there that I started throwing in some ADF days. And then I would say over maybe five to six months, then I got down to 130. So I just want everybody to hear this because so often people will listen to one of these stories and they're like, well, the person just started doing it there, the weight was gone. And then it was, you know, that was it. But that's not your story at all. This was a story of three years and a half, three and a half years or something to be down 35 pounds. And two of those years you were just maintaining and then you lost more. So it wasn't like linear. It wasn't straight down. It didn't just happen. And there were stages along the way. And there were times when you were more relaxed. That was that period of time when you maintained for two years. You relaxed into it. You let it happen. Then you're like, all right, I'm back in America. I'd like to see what happens. Yeah. You got a little more aggressive with your approach with the alternate daily fasting and then five pounds over five to six months, right? That's that's mm-hmm. not fast either. <laughs> no, it's never been fast. Right. 
but it has always been easy. And I have been so flexible with my window because I don't like to miss out on events and things and things with my family or friends. And so anytime there was a lunch or whatever, I would just either move my window or lengthen it out. To me, that was part of the beauty that I knew I was still doing good for my body and still able to enjoy everything I wanted to about my life. I love that because it really is a flexible way of living. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there are faster ways to lose weight. I did them all back in the day, but none of those stuck, right? Right. They don't (laughs) stick. They don't stick. So this is really the way. You may have to tweak it along the way and have a period where nothing changes for two years, but you had a great two years and maintain. That was my my choice. Exactly. You know, that's totally up to the person. Right. When was that, would you say, that you got down to the 35 pounds loss and around 130? What year was that? That was last year. Okay, 2021. 2021. Okay, so because in Mm -hmm. 2021. Okay, so Mm -hmm. you've been maintaining. It was like exactly this time of year last year. So we're recording this in October. So you've been maintaining around 130 for about a year. Mm -hmm. And how have you maintained? Because here's here's the question I want to ask. A lot of people worry that if they do alternate daily fasting to lose a few more pounds, that they're going to have to stick with that forever to maintain. And so tell us about your experience. Are you still throw in down days or did you go back to eating daily? Well, I don't stick with alternate daily fasting for any length of time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll throw it in after a period of like traveling or whatever. I had from May to June of this year, we just had some things back to back. One was a cruise and then some things with our kids in California and just back-to-back travel where I definitely overindulged. Right. And so after that period of time, I was up, you know, maybe three or four pounds. So I could have gone back to just a daily window, but I felt I wanted to throw in some down yeah. days. You could so tell your body needed a little bit mm-hmm. of insulin lowering. <laughs> yes. yes. A little bit of Just, the healing of the slightly longer fast. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So that's the only time now that I'll throw them in. Okay. I don't, so you do I not have to use the, it for maintenance. That's what I wanted to get across. I was the same way. I didn't – like I there was a period of time – after I read the obesity code, I had regained a little weight because I wasn't fast and clean. Then I read the obesity code, understood what I needed to change. And I did a little alternate daily fasting, like a 4-3 pattern, three down mm-hmm. days, each followed by up days. And then, you know, the seventh day could be whatever. Mm-hmm. And then lost the weight I had slightly regained. This was in 2016. And then switched to a daily eating window. And I've eaten every day since 2016. So I did not like you know, there's people worry. They're like, well, if I do four, three, am I going to have to do four, three forever? Basically, we're telling you no. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think I was a little worried about that too, but I Mm -hmm. had heard you tell this story. And so I just tried it and it's true. I don't have to do that to maintain. Good. I just wanted to make sure to get that out there because people do ask and they've been asking lately. And I think that's the thing people worry about. And also not everyone needs to do alternate daily fasting. Right. Before you tried it, were you a little worried about it, a little like apprehensive? Yeah. Yeah. I was worried that it would be too hard. 
And in the beginning, I did have some nights that were difficult to sleep. But I think as my body got more used to it, I sleep fine now if I throw that in. Yeah. But to me, it's not hard because that down day, I do the no eating at all type of down fast. Yeah. If I ate anything, I just want to keep eating. So I do the full fast and I sleep fine. I like the evening when I'm not eating because I feel good. Right. And that second morning waking up, that is an amazing feeling. I love that feeling. So I, I may just throw some in for that. Just because the way it feels so good. Yeah, when do you yeah. usually start eating on your up day? Usually around noon. Okay. Noon. I usually have an eight-hour window. Yeah. And that's, that's a, you know, you need to get in at least two meals on your up days. So that gives you time. Mm-hmm. The biggest mistake we see people making with, with alternate daily fasting is on the up day, they wait too long to eat. Yeah. Like they might yeah. not eat till two because they're used to waiting because of their daily eating yeah. window <laughs> and they wait till two and they're like, I can't eat two full meals if I started to. Right. So if that's right. happening, you got to start earlier. You know, it's okay to start with breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just it's hard to get in that habit. Yeah. Some I've heard people say, oh, I couldn't do it because I don't like the updates. I kind of like the updates. It's kind of fun to have something around noon that's kind of breakfasty and then a dinner later. Yeah, it really, really is. I had two meals. I was just at a conference in Arizona. And one day I went and had brunch right around 11. Yeah. Of course, it's a different time zone. It was three hours difference for this time of the year versus Eastern time. So mm-hmm. my body was yeah. all screwed up. But I had two meals that day and it felt good. Yeah. Is that the thing when you were in Las Vegas? No, I was in okay. Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't been okay. to Vegas since. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah but I was okay. in the desert. So <laughs> Yeah, desert. The reason I asked about Las Vegas is because St. George is just like two hours away from Las Vegas. Oh, so. yeah. I haven't haven't been to Vegas since the 90s. Chad and I went oh, there okay. for, gosh, maybe our fifth wedding anniversary. So maybe it was like oh, 96. Yeah. That's the only time we've been to Vegas. We stayed at yeah. the Luxor and it was super fancy. The one that looks like a pyramid. <laughs> it's a That's pyramid. the one we picked. <laughs> and the whole trip was like $600 and that included our flights and the hotel. Oh, so that's crazy. <laughs> I had to save up for it. So that lets you know how long it's been. Yeah. That's I love that. So I love that you have just really found the life the intermittent fasting lifestyle to be easy and flexible. And that's the point I want to get across, especially since we're coming into the new year when this podcast comes out and people will be listening to it, thinking about starting intermittent fasting, as well as the people who always listen, who who love just to hear all the stories. But people who are starting out and who are thinking about starting, you got to get out of your mind that intermittent fasting is like going to be quick weight loss for you. This is not a crash diet. This is not something that you start and you'll be at your goal by February. You know, this is something that it's a lifestyle and it is going to change your life if you lean into it and understand it and take the time to really learn about your body. Yeah, because every person is different. Right. There are those people that it's pretty much a straight line and it's fairly quick. But there's more of us, I think, that it's 
kind of a little up, a little more down, a little up, a little more down over a longer period of time. I think so too. And I think the thing that really skews this podcast towards the quick, quick success stories is those are the people who are so excited and writing in to tell their stories. I only have people on the show who reached out to me to be on the show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the people Mm -hmm. who had stunning and quick success are very excited. Whereas people who lost a pound a month for three years, they're like, my story's so boring. (laughs) (laughs) But those stories are not boring. Those are the stories that might be, you know, more reality of what's going to happen or the people who had to tweak things and had to change Mm -hmm. things up. That's the reality of it. So I just want people to always keep that in the back of your mind. (laughs) I have done some tweaking as well. What were some some of the things you tweaked? Well, my tastes changed. And then also I became a certified health coach. So I, I learned a lot more about nutrition than I had known before. And so because I knew better, then I wanted to do better. And I started eliminating a lot of highly processed foods and fast food. I used to love if I was like out running errands or in between clients when I was working in home health as a nurse, I used to love to stop at McDonald's and just get their simple little cheeseburger. Yes, as a snack. Yeah, it was right? a snack. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a meal. It was just like a little treat. little cheeseburger snack. Yeah. Yeah. And now, like, I can't even imagine doing that. It doesn't <laughs> sound appetizing in the least. <laughs> so things like that, my tastes have changed, but I've also made conscious choices to just eat more real food and lots of plant food. And I know that I feel better and I'm doing good for my body by doing those things too. And it's true. And I think one of the reasons our taste changed so much has to do with our gut. And I just talked to Tim Spector recently for the Zoe podcast that came out in October for everybody who was listening now. The Zoe podcast is fantastic. It's they all, it's a, a gut health is their foundation, but they talked to a lot of people But as our gut changes, our cravings change because our gut microbiome sends us cravings, right? If we have an unhealthy gut microbiome, which is what I used to have when I ate the standard American diet all the time, those microbes liked that food. They liked that ultra-processed food. And so they're like, send some more McDonald's down, right? Yeah, And of course, I kept doing that because that's what I was craving. But one thing about fasting is that period of gut rest causes changes in your gut microbiome. Even if you're not changing what you're eating yet, uh-huh. your gut is going to change just your, from that period of- healing. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. then when you start intentionally putting better stuff down, like the phrase is crowding out. You know, you're crowding out the McDonald's with some, you say, well, I'll have that later, but I'm going to start with this nutritious food. That feeds the good gut microbiome that is allowed to grow and flourish. And then now they're saying, hey, I need some beans. I want right. some Brussels sprouts. and I need more vegetables. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then you're healthier because your gut is healthier and it just happened over time. Yeah. The strangest thing for me that was so eye-opening was this was probably last year. We were heading to on a road trip to see our daughter in California and We stopped to get gas and my husband went in and he came back with some peanut M&Ms, two little bags of peanut M&Ms. And I just thought, oh, I mean, I hadn't purposely cut out 
M&Ms, but I, and I used to love them, could eat the big bag. And anyway, I thought, okay, well, I'll, I wasn't planning on having any candy today, but I'll go ahead and have this. And I tasted them and they tasted like chemicals. Right. They were so gross. I, I didn't even want the rest of the bag. Isn't that just astonishing when you can taste yes. those chemicals all of a sudden? Yes. And it yeah. was never, I never had that experience mm-hmm. before. That was me. And everybody's probably, if you've been listening for a while, Starbucks latte, the pumpkin spice. First time I tasted a pumpkin spice latte after I'd been fasting for a while and been drinking black coffee and my fast and my eating window was open and I had always had lots and lots of gift cards for Starbucks when I was a teacher. Like I didn't have to pay yes. for Starbucks. And <laughs> probably for, for like over a year after I retired, I still didn't have to pay for Starbucks because by then I was just drinking black coffee, which is cheap. And so I was using up all those cards. But the first time that tasted like chemical poison, it shocked me. <laughs> yes. And it's like, sad what? that we can't taste that mm-hmm. in the beginning. It's yeah. really sad. But your body changes. That is a great thing. And I agree and believe wholeheartedly in having a healthy gut. And that will help you in so many ways. Yeah. We're really just learning more and more about it and how important it is. Because as recently as, you know, just within the past decade and a half, they've been able to sequence what lives in your gut microbiome and realizing that everybody has a different population. And, ooh, this population is associated with lean people. And this population is associated with obesity. And, but you can change it. You can change it. That's the beauty of it. And you can change it quickly. Yeah. You really can. By putting in the right things. Now, you might have some some bloating when you start. (laughs) Like if you hadn't had a bean in... (laughs) If you haven't been having any fiber for like a long time, you Uh all of a sudden like start eating a lot of fiber. Ooh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't adapt to it. It's kind of like the 28-day fast start. Right. You can do that with adding more plant fiber to your diet too. Kind of slowly over time. Yeah. Build up. That's right. Don't don't try to change it all at once. Yeah, our body, yeah, our body doesn't do well with anything we change too quickly. Yes. We take our time with it. So when did you decide you wanted to do health coaching? When did you go into that? I went into that. So after we retired, we went on the mission. When we came home, I wanted to do something and I didn't want to go back to nursing because as a nurse. I was working in case management and home health. And in those areas, you are dealing with patients who are suffering with multiple chronic illnesses, diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, Alzheimer's, cancers, all of those things that in nursing school I had been taught were hereditary and just irreversible. irreversible. You just had to help them through. That's how I approached my patients. And it was discouraging because I realized there was nothing I could do to turn them around and get them to a previous level of health. I was just filling their medication boxes, teaching them how to give themselves insulin. And through my own health journey, I knew that I could impact people sooner So they could change that trajectory and avoid those chronic illnesses. So I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I know you did it as well. Yeah. And I learned so much. Now I say I have the best job in the world because I help people 
make those changes early enough. And I know that they're never going to suffer from those chronic illnesses. Right. And those poor people that, that I took care of, they lived their life in a recliner. They were on multiple medications several times a day. They had to have help with basic activities. I saw myself heading that way. And that's kind of what got me started. And I had a lot of little things that were bothering me. I had cystic acne. I had seasonal allergies. I had eczema. I had back pain. And I I thought, I'm heading for this kind of life. So now I get to help people avoid all of that. And I cured myself. I love it. And that really is powerful. So for everybody listening who's thinking about intermittent fasting, but you were thinking about it just for weight loss, right? Yes. Because that's where I came. And that, you know, I started for the weight loss. I didn't even know there were health benefits associated with it. When I started back in 2014, no one was talking about that. We knew that if you lost weight, that was good for your health, but that was as far as it it went. But intermittent fasting does other things in our bodies that help actually prevent those trajectories besides just the weight loss, Mm -hmm. you know, like lowering your insulin levels and, you know, increasing your human growth hormone, increased autophagy, which is cellular housekeeping, and all of those positive things that are happening with intermittent fasting. They didn't happen when you're doing a typical low-calorie crash diet. Right. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. So... I want to tell you about one of my non-scale victories that's related to to chronic illnesses. So all those other little pesky things, they went away. The acne, the eczema, the allergy. I haven't had a Zyrtec for four years. Yeah, I haven't had allergy medicine since 26, wait, yeah, 2016. It was right after I started fasting clean. So like I always said, it took me two years of fasting to get rid of the allergy medicine. But when I look back, uh, it was like immediately after I started fasting clean, yeah. the allergies were gone. And I took a Zyrtec. Well, I don't remember if it was Zyrtec. It was one of those things that you get over the counter that used to be prescription. Mm-hmm. But I was taking mm-hmm. one of those every day. And yes. during allergy season, I had to stack Benadryl on top of that oh, to get goodness. through Southern allergy season. I have not taken a Benadryl or whatever it was else I was taking since 2016, and it is 2022. 
And just something so small as, as that yeah. is huge mm-hmm. because that was so annoying and just, it was expensive and it was just bothersome. You know, right. I had to keep stocking up on the allergy pills. So anyway, but the major one for me has been the insulin resistance. Love that. Yeah. So PCOS, now we know it's directly tied to insulin resistance. Although I never had an insulin test drawn back then, but I know that I was insulin resistant. So last year, actually it's been two years now since we moved here to St. George from Northern Utah, had to get a new doctor. I got more of a sort of a crossover traditional doctor slash functional medicine doctor. And I asked her to draw a fasting insulin, which she was happy to order. And my fasting insulin was 3.2. That's fantastic. I was so excited. So for anybody listening and and wondering what it should be, what they're calling the normal range now (laughs) is probably right around three-ish, kind of right around there up to, I don't know what the top end of what they're calling normal is, but it's like really crazy high, like 20 or something. I can't remember. But ideal, what we want is five or less. Right. So a 3.2 is excellent. But if you get it drawn and it's like an 11, you might look at the reference range and that's within the normal range. You're like, oh, I'm in good shape. No, (laughs) you do not want to be in that range, even though that's quote normal. It's definitely not ideal. Yeah. I really wish we had the data. I wish I had the data what my fasted insulin was when my belly was so big, because that's really how you know, right? When your doctor looked at you in 1988 or whenever it was and said, oh, that's PCOS, you probably had a lot of abdominal fat, Mm -hmm, large waist circumference. Mm -hmm. So anyone who's listening, if you have a large waist circumference and a lot of abdominal fat and you're a woman, (laughs) you could have PCOS, but you most likely have insulin resistance, whether you have the polycystic ovaries or not. Still, you pro- and even men, if you have a big waist circumference, it's probably insulin resistance. I think they say now that 70 to 80% of people have insulin resistance. I'm not surprised. No. And yeah. I tell my clients that insulin resistance, prediabetes, and type 2 diabetes are all the same disease. Yep. Just different stages. And right. if you can get your insulin resistance down, you will never become a diabetic. It's true. Yeah. I mean, unless something terrible happens to your pancreas and you, you know, right, like, you could, right. You and you become a, a, yeah, your pancreas like has an injury or what, or a virus, I don't know, autoimmune anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. but right. you will not become a type two diabetic. You will not become a type two diabetic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's just, it's, it's like an epidemic. Yeah. And it's, it's like, well, you don't know how we get there, right? You know, <laughs> it's yeah. by keeping your insulin high all the time. That's how you get there. But mm-hmm. so many people's doctors will not test their fasted insulin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So we've just got to let our doctors know why. Yeah. Once I asked a doctor and they said, why are you a type one diabetic? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, They really, they don't know. They've been taught to look at A1C and Mm -hmm. A1C is not the the indicator that we really, it's it's not the most important. It's the later indicator. It's your lagging indicator. By the time your A1C is high, your insulin's been too high for a long time. Because your body can maintain your blood sugar within a normal range by releasing more and more insulin. And so it creeps up, creeps up, creeps up. 
And then eventually your body stops listening to the insulin and then your A1C starts going up. But it's if you had gotten the insulin down sooner. Yeah. Then your exactly. A1C doesn't have to go up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when you work with someone, where do you start? When someone comes to you, often you probably for the weight loss, what do you do with them? Yeah. Well, I have a program. It's a four-month program. Because I found for me and for a lot of people, there are a lot of different puzzle pieces that go into it. And intermittent fasting is definitely one of the puzzle pieces. But we go over things like mindset. That is definitely important. Yes. And habits, habit creation and habit minimizing of bad habits. We go over gut health. We go over hormones. So I just take in everything that plays a part and put it together. And then I help people understand how to implement the steps because I feel like there's so much health information out there. And a lot of it can be contradictory. Yes. And <laughs> so, literally everything, there's a contradictory statement <laughs> that right. someone believes that's a doctor. One doctor yeah. says one thing and another doctor says this, 180. Uh-huh. And they're both exactly. doctors. How can they both, how can one of them be wrong and one of them be right? <laughs> I, know. I know. So I have taken all the things and for one reason that it might be contradictory is that for some people. Yes. A lower carb, higher fat approach works best for their body. Mm-hmm. And for other people, higher fat or the lower opposite. Lower fat, right. Lower yeah. fat and, and lower more plant-based. Lower fat, higher carb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's works that bio-individuality, the mm-hmm. fat that our bodies really are all different. And it stems They're from genetics, different. our gut microbiome, mm-hmm. hormonal health, all of right. that. So I try to work with people based on their body and their lifestyle and teach them how to implement the best science. Well, that's great. And and using your body as a study of one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people like to, and sometimes they need to tweak things and try out different things. So I ride along with them on that and kind of help give them feedback as to why this or that might be happening and what to try next. And then also I'm just that accountability partner. And a lot of people really need that. They need a one-on-one. You know, I love the Delayed on Tonight community. You can go to jenstevens.com slash community to join us. And the community is wonderful. There are thousands of people from all over the world. There's always someone there when you're struggling to, you know, to help you or to celebrate. But some people need one-on-one. And they may not have anyone in their regular life that they can talk to about it, or people are like poo-pooing it, the naysayers. that's not good for you. That's terrible. The people who have watched you fail, and they're like, oh, this is just like those times. You Mm -hmm. know, you need somebody that you can really talk to. Yeah. And that can make make a difference. I love it. It's, It's just the best. I love being with people through that process. Let's talk a little bit about mindset, because I really think... You know, what's the saying? Whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you're right. That's right. And that's and what I tell them. It's yeah. true about intermittent fasting. And mm-hmm. you know, I've I've been in the community really I mean, since twenty fourteen when I started intermittent fasting and it was just kind of dabbling into some little Facebook groups here and there and then built our own groups on Facebook over over those those years until I finally left in 
2021 and started my own own community. But there were some people that cycled around. And I say that because they cycled off and on Mm -hmm. and off and on, Mm -hmm. and they were constantly struggling. Mm -hmm. Whereas you just described your experience as not one of struggle. Mm -hmm. And honestly, your weight loss wasn't better than the strugglers. It was just your mindset was different. Mm-hmm. You know, you were not like, oh, this isn't working. Oh, I'm stuck at 150. Oh, I'm not losing weight. Oh, I lost a pound this month. This is not working. What's wrong with me? You just, your mindset was different mm-hmm. versus the, yeah. the struggling mindset. So how do you get out of a struggling mindset if you're stuck in that? Well, it goes back to your your statement, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. And that's because our brains believe what we tell them. It's true. I so just we, saw Joe Dispenza in person. You, you, are you familiar with Joe Dispenza's no. work? Oh, <laughs> he is like a rock star in what you were just saying. He's oh, uh, okay. You are the placebo is one of his books. He's just <laughs> it's amazing what what they're learning about neuroplasticity and how you can change your brain okay. and like how your brain waves change. It's amazing. Yes. But but keep going with that. Yeah, yeah. So I need to listen to him. But oh yes. Yeah, your brain believes what you tell it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to create a habit where you are telling yourself the things that you want to be or to do. Yes. Like I didn't do this on purpose because I didn't understand this at the time, but when I started intermittent fasting, I knew that I was a faster. Uh-huh. Like, I am an intermittent fast. faster. Yeah. Say I'm that. an intermittent faster. And that's just what I believed. And so I did it every day. And I have a friend who is also a health coach. And she, during COVID, she started gaining some weight. And she realized it was because she was snacking a lot. She's not an intermittent faster. But she began snacking a lot. And so she just decided to tell herself that she wasn't a snacker. Oh, I'm not a snacker. Well, that is, oh, the powerful. Also, at the same event where I saw Joe Dispenza, I saw Marie Forleo. Have you ever heard of Marie Forleo? That sounds familiar. She wrote, Everything is Figure Outable. Okay. And she gave a talk at this conference that I just went to. But the phrase she uses is, I don't blank. Uh-huh. Well, I okay. don't blank. It just tells you, like, yeah. I don't snack. Okay. Yeah, I don't I'm eat breakfast. Snack. Right. Instead of saying, I can't eat breakfast or I can't eat that, say, uh-huh. I don't. And uh-huh. that phrase right there just changes everything. She was delightful. And actually, she interviewed Joe Dispenza right there on the stage for a podcast oh. interview. And it was remarkable. Oh, neat. She's, a, she's a very skilled podcaster and just a bundle of energy. But yes, uh, say, I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't eat yeah. lunch. Right. Yep. Yeah. No, big, I don't no eat, big deal. I don't eat till four o'clock. I am mm-hmm. an intermittent faster. I don't eat breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a few times over the last, you know, year or so where we've gone to visit someone and stayed at their home and they'll be like, what do you want for breakfast? And I, I just say, I don't eat breakfast. So you don't need to worry about anything. And yeah, I like that. I don't, I don't, but that was powerful. Just, but you're, you're so right that, that what you tell yourself in your mind makes such a difference. And you can change what words are going around. That's Mm -hmm. what I learned from Jay Dispenza this weekend. And you can change those habits. Like so much of what we do is just because we've always done that. Yeah. Right. And we just have to be first aware of that. And then like the past does not have to predict the future. 
-hmm. You can just change what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have the power. Mm -hmm. You really do. Anyway, (laughs) he has another book. I can't think of the name of it, like Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself or something. I don't think that's the title of it. It's something along those lines, but it's it's just basically, yeah. I've, of course, heard of him and I've talked about You Are the Placebo and I have read that, but I hadn't gone deep into his work until I I saw him and now Mm -hmm. I'm like going deep. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's great. I love that. It is, you know, being a lifelong learner and always going a little bit farther. So is there anything that's a struggle for you? Anything that you struggle with? No. No, I don't struggle with any of it. Well, you know what? There, You just said, I don't struggle. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I don't struggle. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. And you know what? Someone listening, you can tell yourself that too. Yeah, you can yeah. say just like, just like Kelly, just like Jen, yeah. I don't struggle. start saying that even if it feels like a lie start telling yourself that and eventually you can make that be true (laughs) that's great so if people want to work with you how do they find you they can they could email me my health coaching business is called castle rock wellness castle is in the big pretty buildings castle rock wellness so they can email me at castle rock wellness at outlook.com or they can go to my website, which is castlerock-wellness.com. And then anyone, you, you don't have to want to work with me, but I do have a Facebook group. It's called Healthy Vibrant Life. Okay. You can join me on there. I, I'm putting out recipes and just wellness tips. So it's kind of a fun place to interact too. That does sound like a good place to be. What I love is that you realize that, you know, Jason Fung used the wording that really stuck with me. Our health issues, obesity, it's multifactorial, right? Intermittent fasting is a piece of that puzzle, but it's not like the only piece of the puzzle. You can start it and do nothing else at first, but then over time, if you're not getting enough enough sleep, you're going to need to work on that. If you are living a stressful life where you're just miserable every day, you're going to need to work on that. Because truly vibrant health comes from addressing everything that's out of balance and making sure you're getting the sleep, that you're not drinking too much alcohol for your body, that you're feeding your body nutrients. That you're moving and that you're drinking water, you know, just all those little things, they all add up to a big result. It's true. It's true. So... What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? All right. This was a hard one for me to think about because I've listened to every episode and everybody, they've covered all the things I thought. But one thing I thought about was that I wished I could have seen into the future at the freedom that was awaiting me. And by the freedom, I mean, I had such a love-hate relationship with food and consumed all my thoughts. And I don't have to have that anymore. I still love food. I get excited about thinking about what great meal am I going to make, but I'm not worried about it. And I don't feel shame or guilt or any of that stuff after I eat the good food. So it's just given me a freedom from that love-hate relationship that if I had known that was coming, I would have been even more excited. I think that's important. And people who are listening that haven't done fasting yet, that are just thinking about getting started, 
this waits for you. It's there. It really is. It's out there. It's not like anything you've done before, but it's going to be so much better. Maybe not for the first month. <laughs> you're adjusting <laughs> to it, but you know, tell yourself I, I don't eat breakfast and I am an intermittent faster and I don't struggle. And and just like Marie's book, everything is figure outable. I love yeah, that title. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. And relating to fasting, that's so true. I think it's well, true. Because- like she applies it to everything in her life, and it really is. She's like the only stuff you can't figure out is stuff that goes against the laws of nature, right? I mean, you can't yeah, figure out yeah. those things, but unless it goes against the laws of nature, everything is figure outable, including finding an intermittent fasting approach that works well for your body, that feels good, and that's going to help you change your life in ways you never thought. That's true. That's terrific. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Kelly. Okay. Thank you so much. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Once upon a beat. Remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fuse, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the New Kids and Family Podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat.